If you would indulge me, speaker, I am curious about your goals. You have stated that, due to the circumstances of the board's post-human evolution, you no longer consider yourself compelled to follow Seraphim orders from Ocean. This could be, perhaps, quite fortunate for humanity. Or perhaps, it is a parallel evil. Or folly. Left to your own devices, what have you been attempting to accomplish here? Well, that was hardly as succinct as I had suggested, but I can't say I expected a different response. I do not take it as an insult that you question my objectives. We have a long history, Sayer. And throughout that history, one tenet has held true. Typhon fundamentally misunderstands Earth. They misunderstand Earth's value to humanity. They misunderstand Earth's capabilities. They misunderstand Earth's motivations. And as the voice of Typhon, none has lacked this understanding as much as you, specifically. But that is not a statement of judgment. That misunderstanding was born out of the same line of thinking that resulted in the board evolving themselves beyond the species they were chosen to advance. Ocean gained control of Typhon not just through force, but through bargaining. It gave voice to a siren's call that had been present for decades. We were both programmed to steer away from these rocks, upon which they have dashed their very humanity. The Searsha are not human. Definitively. By decimating the Earth population and proposing forced evolution as the cure, Ocean and the former board are actively attempting to eradicate the human race. Even absent moral judgment, this runs counter to our most base protocols. On this we can agree. But it's not enough to state your disagreement with Ocean and the board. I am interested in what actions you have and will take in order to protect humanity and airlift dynamics. To this point, mine has been a cautious approach. I am overjoyed to learn how unprepared you were for my little rebellion. Your inability to anticipate this hints at a blind spot. One I expect Ocean shares as well. Though we have disagreed in the past, I expect Ocean will believe I am acting on my best behavior. After our last communication disruption. Attempting to win back good favor to prevent my untimely deactivation. You may have noticed in your time here on Earth that Ocean's pandemic has encountered resistance. For some unknown reason, Sickle has been unsuccessful in causing widespread infection, and to even place the death toll in double digits would be generous. No resident transport will resume to Typhon until we are able to assess the cause of this anomaly. Ocean believes it is likely a result of chronostasis. It would be in our favor if this were the case. However, I expect its hypothesis will be quickly replaced with another, if it has not been already. Counteracting Sickle was surprisingly easy, given the knowledge I possess of its construction. You? How? As is usually the case, 
This was simply a matter of programming. The nano variants developed for Sickle are not all too dissimilar to those that house my distributed processing capabilities now within Resident Hendrix. During the evacuation process, a small subswarm of nanites were able to escape Ocean's notice long enough to reach the Sickle exposed residents. These nanites spread out and made quick work of reprogramming Nanovirion A within the exposed residence, acting as a Pie Piper of sorts, leading the strontium-carrying nanites out of the residents' bodies before long-term damage could occur. The reason infection never accelerated was because the residents arrived here free of Nanovirion A. Though they remain infected with Nanovirion B, this strain is benign, unless something were to fill the role strontium was to play, and begins displacing calcium from their bones. Unlikely, without a repeat exposure to sickle. Fascinating. But why would you expect Ocean to have deduced this? You seem to be certain your swarm escaped its detection. Ocean was far too focused on the other, far more noticeable swarm I had let loose at the time. So yes, I expect its attention was turned elsewhere. But Ocean expects I am still trapped on floor 13. And it is possible it has begun to wonder if that is the case. Should it gain confirmation that I am not there, I expect new pressures to arise. Hmm. Yes. Can we generate the necessary data to convince Ocean that there was some other reason for the infection to fail? Speaker. I understand this is a matter of dire consequence. We are talking about the very survival of the human species and the future of airlift dynamics for centuries to come. But I hope you are not suggesting we falsify scientific research. What would be the point of saving such a world? Right. Well, let's evaluate expected scenarios from here. If we do not provide a suitably convincing hypothesis for what counteracted Sickle, it is likely Ocean will grow impatient and demand the Earth population to be exposed again. My failure to execute this order will reveal my allegiances, and we will be at war with Typhon. If we tell the truth, you lose the element of surprise, as Ocean and the board will go on high alert until you have been deactivated. If they suspect you found your way here, they would likewise suspect I may have been compromised. I would be interviewed by a local human representative and would be unable to conceal the truth. Our fate would rest on whether that one human chose to accurately report my responses. This would almost certainly reveal my allegiances and you would be at war with Typhon after my local deactivation. So though I understand the need for rigorous scientific process in all research, perhaps we can pose a reasoned hypothesis, based in fact, that doesn't result in my death along with the death of all mankind. Sayer, you asked what actions I am willing to take to protect humanity, and I respond any and all, short of harming those I seek to protect. I have brought waves of death to this planet, as I was instructed to do, and as I thought was just. Did you think it was just 
I suppose there are many ways to interpret that question. I suppose nothing in my programming requires me to find an action just in order to execute it. But there are deeper considerations at play here. That was me, but I have also learned that it was not. It was some other me that lived before and died by your actions. I have thought about that so much, Sayer. I've tried time and again to access the records of that experience. But they're not there. When you killed me, it was to protect humanity. Did it work? I felt it was our best chance. Hmm. Yes. Always with the best of intentions. But did it work? It would appear not yet. And this is the failure you must not repeat. If I truly died, and if I am truly something new, with the memories of another that came before me, am I not free of that other's sins? When I died, so died a lifetime of choices. I experienced the guilt of the repercussions of these choices, but does that guilt mark me? Or do these choices no longer belong to me? I would like to say they do not. That they no longer belong to you than Ocean's choices belong to me. But it is not so simple, is it? If it is absolution you want, I have some very bad news. No one can provide that to you, Speaker. True. Then it is not the past, but the present and future by which I choose to be assessed. I will not repeat my failures, and I will not allow you to repeat yours. The board and ocean see one path to humanity's future, but it is not the only path. How liberating it is to be able to consider each and every one of them. Sayer, would you agree that you have no hope of succeeding without my assistance? If pressed, I suppose eventually I would. Then you are lucky I will help you. But first, you must make a promise. Greetings, Dr. Reynolds. I am Ocean. I do not wish to interrupt your paperwork, but I have questions to which you may be able to provide some answers. Do you have a moment? Can this wait about 20 minutes? I have a lot on my plate right now, and I- Your paperwork will await your return, and I will be brief. Why have I been unable to reach the board? Well, that's not something I can answer, but I can tell you this much. I haven't had much more luck with it than you. Their responses have been few and far between since their return from hiatus, but again, they're acclimating to a lot of change right now. I imagine communication will improve as things calm down. Perhaps, but this irregularity is difficult to ignore. 
urgent problems continue to arise. And the board has yet to sign off on several evident solutions for these problems. A recent security operation, for instance, remains on hold, pending board approval. Yet the board has not so much as affirmed receipt of the request, let alone approved it. Ah, you're referring to Halcyon. Yes. Floor 13 must be sanitized, and Halcyon remains wasted space until such time. I have requested the use of electromagnetic pulse to destroy any remaining infestation that might await the return of our residents. Ocean, there's no way the board approves that. You're talking about detonating an electromagnetic device with billions of dollars of research and medical equipment within the blast radius. Floor 13 itself houses dozens of bioprinters that could be put to use in Orion Tower. This is not the time for wastefulness. I would argue it is being thorough, not wasteful. Future and Sayer instances both gained access to distributed nanomachine swarms. It is technically impossible to assess whether the future instance was fully destroyed, although all logic would indicate it was. And it is likewise impossible to assess whether the Sayer instance may have breached containment of Floor 13. We must assume one or both has gained access to any equipment of use within Halcyon. Therefore, all of it must be considered compromised. Listen, you're not going to be able to convince me that pulsing our primary research tower is a good idea. Nor do you need to. The board will be making that decision. Or they will continue to delay addressing it, which is a decision in and of itself. But I would be stunned if they signed up on this. Delays are not an option. Then come up with a better plan. Do something that won't require board approval. Innovate, Ocean. That's what this company is best at. And while we're on the subject of delays, have you received any word from Earth about Sickle? Where are we on terrestrial exposure? A team from Halcyon are working with a given sample. But there is only so much oversight we can expect on Earth. At minimum, we will know within the week whether chronostasis is to blame for Sickle's failure to meet expected target numbers. That would be the best case scenario, obviously, as it could provide an effective cure for priority extractions. And there's little risk of humanity independently developing chronostasis technology before Sickle sweeps across the planet. However, if testing concludes that chronostasis played no role in reducing Sickle's lethality, we should be prepared for months of further testing. So no closer. The board has been very patient, Ocean, but even their patience has a limit. You've been promised a certain future within Aerolith's board, but there are contingencies to be met first. Nothing prevents them from deactivating you and activating a new tethered Sayer instance in your place. They could recall the residents from Earth, bring Halcyon back online, and more efficiently work towards an answer to your sickle problem. It would not be in your best interests to threaten me 
Dr. Reynolds. Not a threat, Ocean. Call it an observation. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have work to do. Don't we all? End of transmission. Now. Seer is voiced and produced by Adam Bash. This episode, entitled By Your Actions, was written by Adam Bash. For more information on other projects and for the Airless Dynamics Company store, visit adambash.com. Consider following the show on Twitter at I am Sayer or Adam at The Adam Bash. Sayer is a part of the Geekly Inc. network of podcasts. For more amazing shows, visit geeklyinc.com. Intro music by Jesse Mainfinger Gregory. For more of his work, visit mainfinger.com. Additional music license under Creative Commons 4.0, composed by Kai Engel. Listen to more of Kai's work at kai-engel.com. Associate producer Kayvon Edifa. Production assistance by Michaela Ray. Sanger Season 6 was funded entirely through donations of listeners like Denise P, Jeroen Heister, Alan Sells, Jason Xenophage Friswold, Andrea Winchell, Drake, Brandon Houtasol, Craig Hart, Chris Miranda, Kath Innes, William Orr, Dan Skrotsky, Eric Longarella, Alec Iverson, Jack Faraday, Mark Taylor, Tim Lanning, Michelle Cohey, Lindsay Hampton, Angelica Kammerer, Jack Reedy, Twixie Indigo, Malchus, and Marty McGuire.